The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Welcome back to the Tumbling Saber Podcast. It's episode 133. Happy Canada Day, everybody. My name's Kyle. And I'm Carlos. Where, where's the middle of the sandwich? Where's Corey? Where's Michelle? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, a, it's a vegan sandwich. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, there's uh, grem- gremlins in the, uh, in the Skype machine for some people today. Uh, quite possibly. Maybe, Or maybe, the, you know... It's a nice holiday weekend for Corey. Maybe he's uh, he's forgotten all about us. Who knows? Who knows? I'm sure that I think they're going to join us at some point tonight. Corey's having tech issues. Michelle is... Michelle's in L.A. L.A. is a big, busy place, so... Who's to say? But anyway, at least we, we, at least we got <laughs> the two of us to kick off the show this week. So did you have a good uh, Canada Day weekend? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a scorcher here, and... Uh... Got to uh, go to the splash park with the kitties uh, yesterday with uh, with Ryan and today with uh, the older boys, and uh, yeah, had a good time. Yeah, a c- classic summer weekend, just scorching heat. Although this this is sort of like mild for Kigo. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, this is outback uh, regular outback weather. This this is long pants and a sweater weather for Kigo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually uh i i think most a lot of north america at least the east is in the midst of a really really tough heat wave so my thermometer in the backyard today peaked at 38.2 celsius Oof, brutal and so for for our friends south of the border what is that um uh, let me see what that is the answer, know, the answer like, is damn hot. It's 100.76, yeah. and that is before humidity factored in it. With, with humidity, it was 45 here today, which is 113. That's quite Beautiful. smoking, man. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that reminds me of uh, 1994 when I went to El Centro, California, in the middle of the desert. And um, my uncle was a doctor there, and he actually had a clinic that he used to go to every month uh, for a weekend. Uh, and... Yeah, we stayed there, and one time the actual the air conditioning unit in our hotel room broke. So all we could do was sleep. <laughs> With those, we couldn't do anything else. It's just too hot. Oh no, it's too hot. It's too damn hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's well, it's supposed to be like this all week too. Which usually I kind of get a little bit grumpy when it's this hot and muggy, but I'm I, I'm almost looking forward to it. I guess because it fell on a nice long weekend and I got to hang out in the pool and just do my own thing. I actually cut the grass too, which was a bit of a mistake, but <laughs> yeah, burning the grass almost. Oh yeah. The grass is all nice and short. Now it's going to get scorched for a week in, in, you know, a hundred degree heat. Way to go, Kyle. Um, so well, yeah. Carlos, we live in a world now where 
epi- like episode nine begins shooting this month. We can say that now. Mm. That is, ex- oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, obviously, but I'm also really scared. Yeah, because it's like it's the uh, culmination of like uh, of the whole thing. And JJ, is he going to try to outsmart everybody? Is he going to try to do the right thing? We don't know. And uh, of course, you know, uh, we all fear the unknown. So it's uh, I think uh, your trepidation, uh, there's a it's validated. Yeah, there's just so many places where I think they could just step in bear traps all along the way here. And I, I trust J.J. Abrams. to. I mean, obviously, this guy is one of the, I guess, great direct. Can we say great directors of our time? At least the guy has imagination and knows how to handle a big budget film. So I, I'm not I'm not worried about not being entertained. I just hope that there's a he's got a lot of trusted people looking at this script and because there's a lot of. There's a lot of things that need to be handled properly, and we, won't, we don't have to get into all that today. But there's a lot of things that need to be handled properly and, and with respect. Obviously, it's it's no secret what I'm talking about, but I just hope, like like Ava DuVernay, she had a hand in, in The Force Awakens. I hope he speaks to her again about this, even though she said, oh, I'm staying away from Star Wars. I hope that she's sitting with him and, and helping to chart this out on a couple of different fronts. That would be, I think, ideal for the movie. And it's also it's this is this is the end of a nine part saga. It's got to do a lot of things well. It's got to be entertaining and uh, impactful. But what do you, what do you think? Do you think this is actually it for the Skywalker saga? Have they ever officially said that we're done with the Skywalkers after this? Um, I don't think they've officially said it that way, but I think it is. If you want to consider it the Skywalker saga, then then yeah, I would say it's over. But they can always continue with some of the other characters uh, in uh, Star Wars X. Or, uh, you know, I always thought a Star Wars 10 would have been a good way to round it out as opposed to another trilogy. Um, but uh, when, when you look at the whole thing, I think maybe it might be the right time to tie the bow up on the whole... Skywalker episodic uh, saga with uh, the way fandom is yeah. right now. That's, yeah, that's 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 not a bad point. I mean, we're at such a place where it, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to say like let's just get this over with. I don't mean that, but it's it's more what you said. It's time. Like let's we've got so much more coming. Let's let's just put a bow on this and delve into this other stuff that we're all on the same ground. None of us have to carry any baggage to this new Star Wars stuff, and so let, let's let's put those nine movies on the shelf. That's a nice nine-part, uh, gigantic story, never been done before, and let's call it a day. But I, you know what I think they're going to do? I think, I think it's going to end where if you want to look at it and say, "Yep, that's a wrap," then good for you. But also, I think there's going to be a crack in the door. It's J.J. Abrams. This is what he does. I think there will be some angle to it where you can say. That's the thread they can pull if they want to continue this at some point. And going back a few months or maybe even a year, I thought episode 10 would be something they would announce at at you know, A New Hope Celebration. 50th. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so nine years from now, they come back around and say, or maybe sooner they'll, they'll announce that. And maybe they drop that this year. In A New Hope, in the 50th anniversary, 
of A New Hope, when it all started, we drop episode 10. This is where we wrap it all up. And they give us one final movie to put a, to put a bow on the Skywalker saga. Maybe they do that. It would be, I think, I think ten, if after 10 years, I think we'd be open to that. Probably. I, I mean, I, there's all, I'm not going to say all bets are off, but like, I think after maybe a five, six, seven year uh, window where people are able to digest the bitterness of their own feelings, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I'll pop a couple of, uh, what are those things that you uh, antacids or something? You know, let's just, let's just go with qu- quaaludes. <laughs> uh, quaaludes, pepto bismol. <laughs> yeah, a couple of rum chasers. No, but uh, yeah, probably. What, you know, like what? When we had that break between 2005 and 2012, that was a seven-year break before Disney acquired Lucasfilm. Uh, man, the excitement really ramped up. It was, uh, it was, it was, it peaked in in 2015. Oh, and it the was, Force Awakens, crazy. absolutely yeah, crazy. The Force Awakens destroyed the box office just from just from that um, from that layoff and the anticipation. Uh, and looking back on that movie, it's it's sliding down my list. But like. Um, that's neither here nor there. I think the, the same thing would probably happen with another layoff between a five to seven year layoff before they announced a final movie. Potentiality. See, I just did it again. The the <laughs> the, 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 the potential's there for, for something special, but uh, I'm not counting on that right now because they have uh, at least three r- movies with uh, Ryan Johnson and at least two movies with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, there's the, the the John Favreau uh, series, and another uh, cartoon or animated uh, show coming. So there's there's a lot of stuff down the pipe, and yeah, I I maybe they drop something for the fiftieth, uh, you know, or maybe it's not an episode ten, but whatever they'll drop as the fiftieth could be something that maybe ties Ryan's trilogy. And this the the Skywalker saga together. Yeah, I, I think whenever that fiftieth comes, it's going to be whatever they announce, or wh- whether they announce it that year or drop it that year, it's going to be huge. I don't think it's just going to be happy fiftieth birthday, a new hope, like and, and just let it go. I think they're going to mark the occasion with something really monumental. And I, I don't even think release. Imagine if they release the original cuts. Or whatever people think of as the original cuts, the original theatrical version. I don't even think mm. that's big enough anymore. I think in ten years, I think even fewer people will care. I yeah, probably. What if it's what if it's a, a full reboot of Episode Four? Well, that's something that you know. I I think you just made a whole lot of people throw up. <laughs> that's well. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> If Corey were here, he'd be like turning himself into knots right now, screaming at you. But it's possible. We can't, I don't think we can ever rule that out. It's possible that they do that. And the only, the only thing that prevents me from saying that they'll do that is they keep doing movies in the Skywalker timeline. So they have Alden Ehrenreich locked up for a while. 
I don't know that they're going to keep making these movies. Let's say they do a Kenobi movie, right? And that doesn't come out for another several years. Like, they keep investing in this time period. And then they're just they're going to say, okay, we're rebooting that whole thing now. Like, the, all those movies get relegated like, like legends, like the, the old novels. People would lose their minds. Absolutely yeah. lose their minds if, if you did that. So I, I, I still think it's unlikely that they ever reboot the OT. But it's I, I won't be surprised if if that's what they do, and it, I think one day it probably I, I geez I don't know. What if they like they they did a re- like an animated reboot of the whole saga? That'd be cool. An alternate take on the saga. Yeah, like uh, but you know, with uh, hindsight, you're able to um, you know cut out some of the really crappy parts. And just make the make the saga over, but like in an animated uh, venue. Yeah, know? I mean, uh, I, they they like we talked about last week or the week before. Uh, Dark Horse published a line of comics based on George Lucas's original screenplay for Star Wars. Yeah, that this is just the next level of that. So why not just here's an alternate take on Star Wars? It's animated. It's not canon, but we thought you might enjoy this take. Maybe hmm. they do that. I don't know. I think if they're just honest about it and say this is completely not canon, it's just a different look at Star Wars, like the uh, the Tartakovsky stuff, the old uh, Tartakovsky Clone Wars stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. Go for it. I, I'd Grievous give that a look. So, so much more of a badass in that one. Yeah, and I, I liked seeing how he got his his asthma. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right. Any collecting updates for you this week, or you're you're still kind of settling into your new place? So I, I doubt there's any any place carved out for Star Wars. You know what? Uh, I didn't uh, didn't get anything new. I actually started going through some of my boxes, um, and I don't know if you remember. Uh, I spoke about a uh, most sizely uh, mock with the cantina and uh, Obi Wan's hut that I built. Remember the pizza box thing? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I opened the box and everything was in pieces. No. Yes. Worse. Update. <laughs> X-Wing in pieces. Oh, no. U-Wing in pieces. Uh, my TIE Fighter in pieces. Uh, and there's another one also, but uh, I probably blocked it out of my memory just to not, you know. Well, this is this is where having three boys comes in handy because you can take them on a Sunday afternoon and just say, guys, this weekend, you're going to rebuild all my stuff. And w- one of you is going to just be in charge of bringing me beer. <laughs> all right. That's yeah. it. That's that's your Sunday, boys. Get to have fun with my Legos. You get to build it all back together, sort the pieces, get the instructions, get it all back up and running. Yeah, I have all the boxes, so I'll... Uh... I'll figure it out, but still, it's. Uh... Oh, there's no doubt. That's that's really frustrating. Really, yeah, really frustrating. Oh man, it's so yeah. It's it's burning a little hole in my esophagus. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> what did we say about the Pepto Bismol and the Gaviscon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gaviscon. That's what I was thinking before. Yeah, a couple of Coilus <laughs> and a rum chaser. <laughs> oh uh, boy, good times, good times. What about you? Anything uh, collecting this week? Uh, nothing new. Although I did bring home on Friday, um, so at work, 
as yeah, as, as I think I've mentioned on the show, I'm in I'm in consumer electronics audio stuff, and so we do a lot of trade shows and stuff like that. So a lot of our our trade show presence is very lifestyley. So we try to mimic living rooms, areas, stuff like that. So we we buy a lot of furniture, like IKEA type stuff to display mm-hmm. our stuff, and it, we were just getting overrun with it. And so I asked my manager, I said, I'll, I'll happily take one of those off your hands for you. It's a nice big, you know, jeez, oh, three foot wide Ikea shelf, almost as tall as I am. She goes, nice. Yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> Go, you can, you can take that. So this, fr- this past Friday, I don't, I, I'm such an idiot sometimes. Measure <laughs> these things before you commit to them. Ugh. So width wise, it fit in my car. No problem. The length, which shocked me. I, I'm like, it, that can't fit into my Jeep? Oh, my God. So <laughs> my drive home was harrowing, to say the least. Like, I drove with my trunk sort of open. I had taken Get some... some b- bungee cords? No, I didn't even have that. Like, that's how poorly I thought this through. All I had was, <laughs> luckily, a roll of packing tape that I, I, I took a good four-foot length from, twisted it to give it some strength, Mm-hmm. wrapped it through the latch of the trunk, tied it through my license plate because there was nowhere else to tie it to, tied it as tight as I could, and then drove home. It was, and I had to move my car seat as far forward as I could. So my knees were kind of like up up around my ears. Oh. I could only hit the, <laughs> the brake and the gas just by twisting my foot. There was no leg movement at all. That's dangerous. Oh, it was foolish. <laughs> like... It was absolutely foolish. And of course... I passed three cops on the way home. Of course. None of whom, yeah. thankfully, none of whom stopped me. But anyway, so that, that shelf unit well, no, is now... Well, if it was me, I would I would have got arrested three times. If it was me, I would <laughs> <laughs> Let Kylo through. Oh, man. It was, yeah, not cool. Anyway, so I've got the uh, that unit set up now in my basement. And I just, just before we started the show, that's what I was doing. I was populating it with some of the pieces of, of my collection that have been not seen, have not seen the light of day since 2003, since I moved out of my parents' place. So that has taken shape. It looks dope. I want to I want to share pictures right now, but I think I want to get the whole uh, nerd, nerd room portion of my basement set up, and then I'll just do the whole thing. And I'll probably do a video to put that on uh, Tim and Troy and Sanjay's Peak the Nerd Room channel. Nice. I'll, I'll hand that video over to them for sure. Um. Yeah. It, it, oh, I, oh, and I just remembered the fourth piece that was broken. Oh no, Krennic's Imperial Shuttle. Oh, that's oh, your favorite. Oh, good shot. Oh, oh my god! I swear to God, I opened the box, I looked at it, and I just closed the box. I'm not ready emotionally for this right now. Uh, <laughs> that was your Brad Pitt <laughs> moment from Seven. No, what's, what's in, in the, the box? box? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quite. Oh man, so that that is kind of my that's my collecting update. Nothing new to the collection, but stuff I've not seen in years. That look, oh man, I'm so happy to have them on the shelf. It really looks cool, man. Maybe I'll sneak you a picture after, just just because membership yeah, has yeah. its privileges. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So as promised, it's time to do a prize draw, man. Nice. It is time. So this week, as, as as we all know, we were doing that exclusive Ray figure, Island Journey Ray from the Vintage Collection, the the Kaya Boutique Canadian edition. So in the U.S., it's at Walmart. Abroad, I don't know. No idea whatsoever. But 
I'm happy to give this out because this is going to be a choice piece for anybody, whether you're a collector or not, just to have this this figure. And even if, if you're a longtime Star Wars fan, just to have this vintage-looking box, it's going to... it's If it doesn't trigger a, the collecting bone in you, it's at least going to tickle the nostalgia bone. You're going to go... That this is this is what I remember as a kid. These vintage boxes are so cool. Yeah, I really liked it. When I saw it, I was like, hmm, I uh I don't have the the urge to, to collect them all type of thing. That's not my my uh my bag. But uh when I when I saw that picture, I was like, Oh man, that looks nice. I think I'd like that. It's really nice. All right. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Let's find out who's our winner this month. Like, I don't even remember. Did who won last month? Do you remember? Uh, I know Brad uh, won not long ago. Brad Tracy. Did, I guess that was, yeah. That, that's it, isn't Steve, it? Steve Steve Kirk won. He won the Han yes. Solo. Yes, that's right. He won the Han Solo. But I don't remember the last month's prize. I don't remember the prize or who won it. <laughs> the last time I remember is Brad. I got to imagine. We're just. We're just giving shit away, man. Oh, excuse me. We're nah. just giving stuff away. It's Canada Day. <laughs> We're celebrating. <laughs> We've all been drinking, let's be honest. All right, let's do this. This month's winner, exclusive Ray, is... Oh, baby. Neil Lowry. Neil Lowry. Oh, That's man. Mr. Positivity. Positivity, the man who carries fandom on his back. Nice. I'm so happy, Ryan. Congrats, Neil. Neil, man, this is nice. I'm so I'm, I'm happy to pull anybody's name. I'm a little extra happy to pull Neil's name. He put he does so much for, not just for us, but uh, for, for fandom as a whole. Like everybody knows, everybody knows Neil's bag. Every single day, shouting out positivity on Twitter, and uh, you know, blowing that negativity out of the sky. You find him on iTunes. Neil, congrats, That's man. Fair. Congratulations! Go, this this will be in the in the mail real soon. It actually gets across to the UK surprisingly quick. It does actually, yeah. I can attest to that. All right, so I st- I didn't know Carlos if we should if we needed to talk about this or not <laughs> because it's a rumor that comes from the Sun. Now whether it's the UK version of the Sun or the Canadian version, it's a tabloid rag. Yes, it is. It is an absolute rag on both sides of the ocean. Is it same ownership? Do you think? I think it probably it's be, right? it's Sun Media, right? Like that's the yeah. parent company. Yeah. It's 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 a terrible publication all around. There's, oh, <laughs> it has it has virtually no redeeming qualities, um, except for its, capa- its capacity to start fires. Cap- yes, correct. Yes. So I'm not going to pay or wrap any... up your uh, your valuables <laughs> when you're moving. <laughs> this is also true so I'm not going to pay any attention to the report and instead we're just going to use this as an opportunity to speak about Obi-Wan Kenobi and his potential of being in episode 9 so let's oh look who's back oh yeah I don't care man we're doing this one way or another we're going old school on my phone Oh, you you sound like garbage the way it's gonna be. <laughs> That's the way it's gonna is is be. is it really? You're you're gonna you're gonna treat our listeners like garbage by with this terrible voice quality? Is it really that bad? It's awful. You sound like you're phoning in from Mars. So okay, yeah, you you can be on the call, but uh, just don't talk. 
Well, uh, all right, cool. So, yeah, episode nine. What are we thinking? So, okay, first of all, again, forget the report. Let's just talk about Kenobi and nine. Do you do you believe that he even has a place in episode nine? Let's hand it off to Corey. As a talk. <laughs> do you think Obi Wan should be in episode nine, Corey? Uh, does he really have a place in it? It's hard to say. Like, it depends on how he makes an appearance. Like, like we know he's part of the cosmic force and all that now. So, uh, him among others, I guess. Uh, I find it kind of maybe take away a bit from the story again, depending on how they did it. Like, nothing indicates they'd go that way. But if they did, like, it'd have to really kind of mean something. You know what I mean? There'd have to be some great significance there, something really special that's not just like a fan service. Like, okay, like, you and Salvage, like, we can, we got to use them at one point if we're not doing the standalone. Or it could also possibly shed light on why his standalone would actually be a lot more important. Hmm. A little tie-in. Okay, not bad. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's the route they'll take. Like, it would take away again from, epi- I mean, this is episode nine, it's wrapping, wrapping things up. So to, put him at the four and take away the, like, steal the thunder, kind of, like, better be the well, good reason for it, you know? Well, that's that's the double-edged sword of it. Like, of course, you definitely need a good reason, but that good reason probably requires too much explanation. But anyway, what, what do you think, Carlos? Well, my first thought was, why? We don't need it. There's, uh, we got Yoda, and the Yoda-Luke connection is something that uh, we saw in, in two of the original trilogy movies. So it makes sense uh, to have Obi-Wan pop in, especially the way Luke describes him to Rey uh, as the failed Jedi who actually trained Darth Vader. Like, like, I don't see that to me there seems like there's animosity between Luke and, and Obi-Wan absolutely there is I think that I think that's an aspect of the last Jedi that goes mostly unnoticed Luke is still yeah. bitter with Obi-Wan yeah, uh, that's so, my read uh, on it uh, oh no I, that yeah I had I had the same read and uh so I don't know do I want his ghost in episode nine I don't I don't want the fan servicey thing um I you know, and if the plot point is critical, then, uh, as uh, Corey said, it takes away from, you know, the potential uh, gravitas of the other characters. So <laughs> you don't want to like surpass that. that gravitas. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's a touchy, touchy subject. I say uh, better off. You're better off leaving it alone. Um in this circumstance, especially with how everybody's on a hair trigger right now. Like why give anybody an excuse to crap all over the movie, whether it's good or not. That, Cause that's, we know that whether the plot point is valid or not, somebody's going to hate it. And that idiot probably has a YouTube channel and, <laughs> and writes a blog for somebody. So it's like, yeah, it's just going to, you know, and then there's all of these copycat people and, you know, everybody wants to ha- get the hits of 
why episode nine was garbage. It's, and... speak, speaking of that, I'm going to interject just for one second. The internet continues to be a complete cesspool, especially Instagram. I think Instagram is the worst of it all. So the Star Wars Instagram account posts a picture of like Star Wars issue 48 or something. And it's a picture of probably Akbar. It's a Mon Calamari guy holding a Stormtrooper helmet. And there, it's clearly a comment, or a post about the comics. And didn't the comment section completely devolve into a slam fest of Holdo? Like, immediately. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. Like, it just went right there. It went straight to it like Ray going down that dark side blowhole. It just <laughs> went right to it. Why you kill why did you kill Akbar in the last Jedi? It, it, he should have done the hold maneuver. It went right to that place. Not not even any discussion of the comics. Anyway, that's my idiot take of the week. Carlos, continue. I think you wrapped it up pretty well there. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I I mean like when uh, I was looking at the show notes, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, 30 minutes to discuss this topic. And it was done in 12 seconds in my head. There's, I don't see how it can actually help the movie. I don't, I really, really don't. And, and anything else is going to be fan service or like Corey said, once again, um, like a tie into a cheap tie into the Obi-Wan standalone film. And I don't know. I don't know if we need that. I don't know if we need it. We don't need it. We don't. We don't. We have we have great characters. There's, you got Ray. You got Finn. You got Poe. You got you got Kylo. You, you have uh, Hux, who's uh, slimy, and you still have uh, Luke, even though everybody thinks he's dead. But Star Wars, nobody dies, morons. So <laughs> Mark Mark Hamill will be in Episode Nine, and yeah. Um, I'm not too. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. There's so many great characters. No need to just jam in another one just for the sake of it. I I'm completely with you guys. Clean sweep. Like there's there's no place for Kenobi in this movie. And I listen. I'm not saying. I'm not ripping on the character, but there's literally no reason for it at this late stage. Like this is resolution now. We're tying things up, and this is the strength of this trilogy. It's also, in a way, been its weakness, but this trilogy has been very, very, very character-centric, very character-driven. Whether it's Rey or Kylo, like, these are really compelling characters. There's there's no reason to open, start opening more doors at this point. Yeah, and we spoke about it last week. There's also the potential of bringing in Lando, right? So, like, you're already bringing in another legacy character, and... Uh, is it just fan service? Is it like, I mean, if it's part of the, if it's actually part of the plot that gets characters from point, uh, you know, point B to point C or whatever analogy you like to use, uh, then, okay, that's fine. But is it necessary? And does it make the story better? Like that's, that's the question. Yeah, that, that's, that is the big question, and I don't see how they do that. I mean, between Luke, Luke and Ray have to come to some kind of resolution. They left things on a pretty sour note. Luke's, I mean, Mark Hamill commented not rec- not too long ago that uh, he doesn't know. He'll be the last to know if he's in episode 9. He, I don't know if he's being coy, or if he just hasn't seen a script, he's not been told anything. No idea. 
but he's it's not going to he's not going to be all over the movie. You know, he'll have he might have a couple scenes, but you got Luke, Yoda's made a, a ghost appearance. People are counting on Anakin of making a, a Force ghost appearance. We don't this doesn't need to be more force there doesn't need to be force more force ghosts than living people. Like it's it's I think it's it's getting a bit ridiculous. But at this what purpose would Obi-Wan even serve at this point? Like there's I, I there's nothing that he brings to the table that can't or shouldn't be handled by Luke or at the worst Yoda or maybe Anakin. Anakin would be a great way to service um uh Kylo. But again, like it just it, it muddies the waters to bring Kenobi in, and it, it it will definitely require some explanation because, aside from that quick little voiceover, as part of Ray's uh, force back, like he's really done nothing for her, like and it it it, it has the potential of upending a lot of things and taking focus away from from these main characters. Like imagine they go down the, uh, well, Ray, I didn't tell you this before, but uh, my old master. Darth Vader's master is actually your grandfather, and no, please don't. It's it's just not needed. So that's that's yeah, that's my take. Definitely. But anyway, they, it it does remain a possibility, especially like Corey said, it's it's got the the uh, potential to tie into a Kenobi movie somehow, some way. But I I really don't want it to be some kind of Force Ghost jamboree. So yeah, that's where I disagree with you. Like, um, I don't, again, I don't necessarily want him in this film as a main character per se, or with like a like a great significance. Like, if he were to be in the film, because if he has that great significance, again, it's a detractor from the entire saga, kind of in a way. But the only way I would like to see him would be like, I don't know, Force Ghost Council, kind of like gathering of the minds kind of deal, where you got like a Yoda. Anakin, Luke, and Obi Wan, well, or even Miss like Window. I'd love to see hey. Miss Window. Get them all in there by the end, man. Like, even one hundred percent Leia. No, Qui-Gon. get off Leia's the call. Anyway. <laughs> you ruined this. <laughs> and possibly even Ben Solo. Oh, this is starting to look like a cheesy episode of This Is Your Life. Like with like, this is another person from your past who just pops up out of the ether and. You have all like there honestly will be more legacy characters popping up in this movie than the characters we're supposed to be caring about. As in, I'm like, talking about like a, an end scene, like where like the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, where you see like Anakin, Yoda, and Obi Wan looking over Luke. You know, it's kind of the same deal. Yeah, we've, we've uh, done that. <laughs> the whole the whole Skywalker family reunited, man. You'll you'll never sell me on on Leia as a Force ghost. Never. That's sad, to be honest. I, I see it, man. Like she's just so determined, you know. And again, like she did train someone in the Force. Like she, who knows? Maybe they'll expand on it. But I think if anyone can do it, Leia could. Like nothing's gonna stop her. Well, there's a cool scene in the Last Jedi comic adaptation where she's floating out in space and she's having this internal monologue and she goes, "Is this how it ends for me? Is is this my time?" And then the next caption is, "Like hell," like that's so Leia, that's so Carrie Fisher, and she pulls herself in. Like I don't disagree that they could make Leia a Force ghost, and it 
you could conceivably have it make sense. But I would be more for it if Carrie Fisher were still alive. I think doing it because she's passed and you want some way to, uh, you know, jerk some tears. What if they were going to do it anyway? You know what I mean? You don't know. You don't know. And we never will. We never will know. But um, again, it would be something that they'd have to sort of explain retroactively saying, oh, this is a, a thing that, that Luke taught her. It, the most intensive thing a, a Jedi could ever do. And she she's going to achieve it. Again, I'm not trying to denigrate Leia. Of course not. But um, it, it just doesn't make sense to me other than a cheap fan service thing. Anyway... Never mind Leia for now. We've, we've spoken about her so much, and we will for sure talk about her a whole lot more. But uh, lastly, on, on Kenobi, for me anyways, like, I've defended Ryan Johnson a lot for what he did in The Last Jedi, for a lot of his choices. But I'll say this. like, If Abrams was actually going somewhere with Kenobi, and that like he was inserted in the Force back for a reason, and J.J. expected to have that continue, and then Johnson just dropped it, I will say that's... You know, for all, for all the talk of of things that Johnson abandoned in the Last Jedi, threw it out. He completely ignored what JJ did, which is not true. Um, if that's a thing that JJ was hoping for, and it comes back in Episode Nine, then I'll say, Ryan, dude, that was probably important to you. <laughs> it should have you should have carried that through somehow. Whatever he, there's a lot of people in that vision too, you know. Well, yeah, Palpatine's in it, Yoda's in it, all kinds of people. You're right, and it's exactly that. Exactly. That's, that's why I say it's not probably... For me, it's not a huge deal that Kenobi is in that force back. It's... Um, everybody's in that force back, and I don't know if J.J. was just putting those pieces in place in case somebody wanted to pick up on it. But... I think Dave uh, Filoni did. Ooh. Oh, boy. Anyway... <laughs> That's 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 sort of my take on Kenobi. I don't see a place for him. I think it's it's kind of a clean sweep here. We're we're all I don't think we're all we're hedging on this. It's it's Kenobi one. Ooh, did Boom. you just name the ep- episode? Boom. Oh, and that's why Chop Rules with a Z is in the house. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I still wouldn't mind seeing the the ending happy Force Ghost family thing with Obi Wan on board. But that doesn't, again, that doesn't make sense, except, like, Ray would be like, who's that? And who's that little green guy? Like, it's it has to apply to Ray. You know that Leia never met Obi-Wan? Like. Correct. So, I don't, I don't see how he belongs in the family. Well, imagine, like, Leia turns up as a Force ghost at the end, at the Force ghost jamboree, and she looks at Obi-Wan and goes, hey! And they say they high five each other in the Force Ghost Jamboree. Like, what would you like? I, don't I was think... on my way to get you. I was on my way to get you. <laughs> it was oh. so close. We were in the atmosphere. Um, like, she, what does she do to Anakin in that case? Like, does she slap him in the face? Oh, well, man. That, I, don't, I don't want to think about it. It's terrible. terrible that that opens idea. up a bunch of things. Like, oh, they're, they're all Force Ghosts now, so they're all pals? Like, no. They still carry their personalities over. It's it's their consciousness over. It's not, it's not like they're all going to be singing around the campfire. Like there's 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 baggage there. You can, I don't think you can put all those people together 
in one place and not be yeah, like, wait a second. I kind of disagree with you there, man. If, oh, they, if they've been able to become a force ghost, then they've they've gotten past those kind of like petty problems. You know what I mean? They're they're one with the cosmic force, dude. Like that shit. They don't carry that kind of baggage anymore. Really? I would think so. It's not like I don't know. I, I don't see it. I see them being, you know. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, Yoda carried a stick. And he actually hit Luke with it, so I'm sure they carry some baggage. Yeah, he was, he was, he was mad that he, did, like, he, yeah. Did you not heed any of my teachings? And he whacks him in the head, which is mystifying. I don't know how Force Ghosts are now tangible. That's a bizarre one. Hmm. But I mean, that goes back to the to the Return of the Jedi. Like, why does a Force Ghost need to sit down on a log? Like, are you, <laughs> no, has it been a tough day, Ghost Obi Wan? Is is your back sore? Did you did you carry the arthritis with you to the to the beyond? You know what we talk, I talk about Big Bang Theory every now and then on this show. It doesn't really get like uh, the the, <laughs> the reaction that I expect. But uh, when uh, Sheldon's character uh, dreams, uh, his his Obi Wan is uh, Bob Newhart, and it's That's so good. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny him sitting down. He's like, I don't even know. Like, he, he, he's telling Sheldon, like, I don't even know why I'm here. I think he won an Emmy for that, eh? It could be. Could be. Anyways, this is really funny. I just, uh, just thinking about Obi-Wan sitting on a log. Yeah. Good stuff. So, are we done? Are we done uh, talking about Obi-Wan and, and how he does not belong in episode nine? Yeah, it's less than half an hour that you, you allotted for it and still more than I would have used. <laughs> well that's what happens like if if any one of us were doing this individually we'd be out of that conversation in 90 seconds flat yeah yep that's why we need to do these these conversationally all right so we're going to slip into our main topic for today and again we are doing a a different format for this week it's uh it's another listener question free episode just so that i have an easy edit on holiday monday and so what we're going to do is we're going to do this roundtable style, our top four moments in the new era of Star Wars. So since Disney took over, we this is now our fourth year of getting new Star Wars films. 2015, 16, 17, 18. That's four. And we have four new movies. We also have Rebels and a bunch of novels and some comics. So anything from that material, your top four moments from this new era. And then we'll talk about a little bit about why. And I'm sure we'll have some overlap. But we'll, we'll see if there's any interesting differences in the why. So, Corey, I'm going to give you the floor first. What is your... It doesn't have to be in any order. So hit us with your first moment. All right. Well, just the way that it came so fast and furious for us when it finally actually came back to back to back, I'm going to have to say all of the uh, second half of Re- Rebels Season 4. You, you can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I know. Uh, but dude, I, w- I was super invested in that show and I-, I have to give it props because I mean, it's up there. Like the, the amount of feels this show has given me while watching it, like it rivals that of the saga to a great deal, to a great extent. So, uh, if I had to boil it down to one, cause you know, four is not that much, but, um, let's go with the, the, the epilogue to season four that just blew my mind, man. Like. First time I saw it, like, bald like a baby. It was so good. 
I like the epilogue for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It just left for, so I mean, many again, possibilities. Was, I mean, yeah. Like Ahsoka was really, back. Like, the big, there were two big slobber knockers there. Ahsoka coming back and Jason Syndulla. Yeah. And the fact that like, like Ahsoka coming back was a double whammy in the sense that Sabine had come to her senses and, you know, realized that Ezra was saying like, come find me. Like I'm alive, like help me. It only took her what six years, something like that. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That is a good one, Corey. Uh, Carlos. Oh, yeah. Yes. So we're talking top four, right? Correct. This time I'm gonna do them in order. Uh, well, from four to one. So for me, it's uh, for me, uh. Ray flying the Falcon through the crash star destroyer in the Force Awakens. Yeah, that uh, was fantastic. Just the imagery, and and knowing that the the gun uh, had uh, had locked in position and and allowing the Falcon to float down, uh, pretty much in free fall to put uh, Finn in position to uh, take out the Tie Fighter. Just such great imagery, and I mean, really well done. The visuals of that movie are fantastic. Star Wars overall yeah. has never looked better. Oh yeah, yeah. That that seems perfect for the theater, man. Like you almost like feel the G forces in your seat in some in that scene a bit. Oh, it was it was spectacular. That's that's a great scene. So that's that's your number four. That's my number four. I, I thought we were going to double up on that one, but my number four involves the same character flying the same ship. Actually, no, she's not flying the ship. It's my boy Chewie flying the ship when they arrive on Crate at the Battle of Crate. Yeah. Just that. that, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say Chewie flying the Falcon in The Last Jedi is uh, on uh, number one of my honorary mentions list. That's funny because the Star Destroyer graveyard chases is on my on my honorable mention list. Um, yeah, I just I love that moment because it's you 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 know that these guys are just going down the toilet. The resistance is toast. They had never had a chance in those little ski speeders. And Rose is, I, I think, Ray and Chewie kind of ruined a lot of uh, fans' dreams here because Rose was done for. She had three Tie Fighters <laughs> locking in on her. A lot of dreams would have been realized in that moment if if uh, Ray and Chewie didn't show up and take out three Tie Fighters with one shot, and that's what's really cool about it. You know what I mean? Like you see that the three Tie Fighters kind of in a row, and then one shot just passing through all three of them. I love that. I love the way Ryan Johnson set that up, and then the Falcon of the the shadow of the Falcon pass, passing overhead. It's, it, the whole thing was just amazing, and then. Uh, the following shot with uh, with Ray on the, just guns blazing and her her theme in the background just soaring. It's incredible stuff. And then of course uh, diving into the uh, the the crevasse. One crevasse. Uh, the crevasse. Cannot surpass <laughs> the cr- the crevasse. The gravitas. You cannot surpass the gravitas of the crevasse. <laughs> I, I love that moment. It's oh, a goosebump moment for me in that in this probably overall in the whole saga. I wonder how far up the list this would make it if I included all ten movies. 
but that's that's definitely on my list at number four. Corey, back to you. This is really tough, but um, yes, we, we know. spoke about it kind of. Oh man, it's tough. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. It's like you want to give props almost to every everything they've done, but you can't. Like so, some some movies I'm, I'm sad, sadly to say. Well, not sadly to say, but you know, some some things are going to double up some films here because they're just that good. Let's go with Yoda and the Last Jedi, man. That was just not a big surprise. Like we knew kind of it was coming if you had your your ear to the beat of it. You know, we'd heard Frank Oz was. Yeah, we knew. We, we knew way in advance. But the way they did it and when it happened, it was just like, it's happening. <laughs> like, and like, the way it happened too, like burning down the forest tree, like the fact that he's duping Luke and the in the sense that Ray took the books, these original texts, and you know, again, burning the tree and giving Luke that kick in the butt that he needed to get back the in the fight. <laughs> My favorite part about that scene, like even seeing in the theater, I was like, ooh, like easy. That's not cool. Treat your master with some respect, bro. But like just the way season the first season season the first time, like Master Yoda, like he's like like, kind of like you busted me, but I don't know. Like, it's such a, it's perfectly done by Mark Hamill there. I love that. It's like, the it's delivery like you is, is money. That That is money delivery because it, it's so loaded. Is that the first time? Like, I still wonder, is that the first time they've spoken since Jedi? It almost seems that way. Maybe not because six years is a long time as well, you know, from him going into exile. But, yeah, just, yeah, I mean, just, even still, some of the things that they said, like we spoke about it just just a bit a little while ago, that like, did you like, did you not learn anything, Luke? Like, you didn't pass on any of what you learned. It, it almost seems very much to me that maybe they didn't speak at all since Jedi. Anyway, continue, Corey. Well, uh, yeah, it's about it. I just, I absolutely love that scene, man. Like the fact that, like you said, like. He manifested himself to be able to hit Luke in the head to bring down like the, the the hammer of Thor kind of in a way, so to speak, that tree, the force tree. And yeah, uh, I mean, was it, wasn't, it, it wasn't enough, right? That like coming back as a force ghost is kind of like, OK, well, death doesn't mean quite as much if you're a Jedi and you can do that. But now, like if you can go tangible, there's I mean, death really means nothing if you can become tangible. Well, it's also Yoda as well, so. You know, he's kind of got that loophole thing, I guess. Like, he's that powerful. I don't think anyone can just do that. Unless you're Obi-Wan sitting on a log. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he was able to, to bring the thunder like that. Uh, no, probably but, not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, just that, that whole that whole conversation and the fact that it inspires Luke to get back in the game. Yeah, it, and, and boy, that, that scene is so well written. Like I just don't understand the criticism. Oh, the Last Jedi is badly written. I don't get that. That scene is straight out of Empire. Straight out of Empire to me. Uh, cool, uh, Carlos. Number three. Vader hallway Rogue One scene. That that the hallway Vader just. The, the utter, like, you could tell, like, his eyes are red and he's salivating under that mask in that scene. 
there's something so um i'm gonna use the word don't at me <laughs> you, you know they're epic. all gonna at you yeah i know it, it was epic it was just uh i loved it and i know there's uh there there are those among us who really don't like, like that scene uh for his um single-mindedness like going after the like why didn't he just like you know take the the disc <laughs> you know force take the the disc but uh i think it's more know. complicated than that man like he's gonna defend himself at the same time you know like it's not like give me that disc and i, I don't know like i never i don't ever see it i just love he just force pushes a guy to the seat Feeling, and as he's walking by, he slices him with his lightsaber. How awesome is that? That's like, you know, I'm gonna give you another honorable mention, and it's kind of in the same way. It's it's when uh, Chewie just he spikes one of the guys head first onto the ground in Solo. Like, yep. it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of that same visceral feeling. It just it didn't make my top four, but. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Vader always seen, man. That's, oh, and there was nothing oh, confirmed about that either. Like, there's a, a little speculation about Vader being in the film, but not to this degree. Like that, like actually, no, we spoke about it quite extensively. And then, will the lightsaber be lit? Like, I think that was the big question. And oh man, did he ever? Ryan Johnson ran. <laughs> he ran for his life, man. Was it was it Ryan Johnson or Gareth Edwards? Yeah, Gareth Edward, Edwards is in that scene. He's, the, I think, he's the, is he the guy that pulls that, that screams launch or pulls that pulls the uh, the handle to release the ship? Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't watched Rogue One. It in was a Gareth while. Edwards. Yeah, it was Gareth Edwards. He's definitely in that scene. Oh, hey, that made, that puts it. This is okay. They broke canon. They broke canon. How can how can Gareth Edwards be a rebel on that ship and then be a soldier on crate? I want to know. No, that's why I think it is. Might be Ryan Johnson. We should Google this. I think that's why they like. I think they went kiff kiff there. No, I don't think like, so. I think I think like, no. Gareth Edwards is. Def, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure he's the guy in, in Rogue One. I thought it was Ryan Johnson in Rogue One. And he's like, you you put me in my movie. I'm gonna put you in my movie. Yeah, it's quite possible. Who knows? Some I'm sure someone will at us. Even though Carlos said, "Don't at me." <laughs> <laughs> you can at me anytime, guys. Oh boy, you you just went full on Maverick there. Gross. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm I'm totally going to see Top Gun too. <laughs> and it, it it was Gareth Edwards on the Tantive Four. So he is in both, and they've they've muddied canon, and I'm not happy. No, but it's because he's from that race of people that like age really, really slowly. Uh, what, what are they called from that planet there? From uh, in the outer rim? Uh, go <laughs> yourself. No. Uh... <laughs> he's he's a cool lightsaber sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Carlos. Thanks. Time code. <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, no more time hey, codes. Boy. I want this is supposed to be a fast edit tomorrow. No more time codes. All right, let's do it. <laughs> The Vader, the Vader Rampage. Yes, that was also part of my honorable mentions. Uh, my number three. This one had build up in my mind for weeks, maybe even months leading up to it. Ahsoka versus Vader. 
And we, I had none of us had any idea how it would play out. Like I, I can't remember being so nervous for a character because we all knew you know, Filoni. I think he well he told he told us a bunch of times about the time that he he was speaking about George, with George Lucas about that duel, this very meetup, and they both agreed that it can't end well for Ahsoka. But she she'd become so popular by that point that not only did Filoni. Like he had to give us that encounter, but there's no way he could have killed Ahsoka. And some people would have been okay with it, but she's so popular that there's still a massive demand for her ongoing story. So they they worked in this whole world between worlds thing, and things have gotten really crazy. And it's it's probably all because of Ahsoka. And again, it's like, it's that question that. It was a buildup that, for me, just lasted for months. Like, what is going to happen to Ahsoka? And I remember my my wife and my kids also love Ahsoka. And we were just so nervous. And we all knew Vader, Ahsoka, tonight. Like, it was like watching Ali and Foreman. Like, how is this going to play out? And then it ends and you're just like, wait a minute. What happened? She disappears into that tunnel. Was she alive? Is she dead? What? She's trapped on, on Malachor. What is going on? And for months again, we still didn't get any resolution to that to that question until celebration orlando with the ahsoka lives shirt and that was so anyway that was a huge moment for me that 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 one just occupied tons of of my mind for months and i still go back to it every now and then such a great battle all right cory back to you we're into your top two moments here this this must have like put you into convulsions trying to figure it out well, you know, I, I just can't, I can't not give it respect. And it's exactly what you just said in a way. Um, Twilight of the Apprentice, uh, the showdown, that whole entire episode is just incredible. But that, that showdown, that moment, but you got to get, uh, gotta think outside the box a bit here, Kyle. Here's your loophole in the sense that. I'm not looking moment- for loopholes. I'm just trying to have an honest discussion. You did. You <laughs> mentioned it. You could have just claimed that a loophole. Because it is Twilight of the Apprentice leads into a world between worlds. Like it's the same moment expanded. And so when you just mentioned the fact that when Ahsoka is walking down into the tunnel, when we see it the first time in Twilight of the Apprentice, we're like, okay, like she survived the blast. Like she's walking into this tunnel with the wolves, like all the, the, like it was basically the, the, these, force tunnels or wormholes or whatever you know but the fact is ezra saves her before that he saves her and then she goes back to malachor to go study this stuff you know what i mean like, well, yeah so yeah that moment at the end of twilight of the apprentice is actually pretty after much, a world between yeah, worlds exactly that so it's like it's such a beautiful loophole to tie in there is it's the same like you it just it blew my mind um just totally worthy of mention. So well done. Filoni is goddamn genius, man. Like you said, also the fact that, you know, the Ahsoka thing, like, should she have been written off or or was she becoming, like, she was so popular that they can't, but the way he did it and saved her was, ah. Well, it's like they keep kicking moment. the can down the road with her, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's still coming. Her and Sabine, that's perfect. 
is, is that team. will that be Ahsoka's end? Whatever quest they're on, whatever adventure they're taking, will that be the end of Ahsoka's story? Or is is she going to somehow take off and go somewhere else now? And she's going to become, or she'll be a, a part of some other story. Like, where does it end for Ahsoka? Not that I'm never looking, ends. Look, not that I'm looking for an end for her. But at some point, like every this, that's the thing with Star Wars. It always ends for, for these characters. Death always comes oh, for like, them. Look at to me, she's kind of like, in a way, like at this point, like how wise she is, the experience she has, the knowledge she's she's gained. Again, like she's no Jedi. Like the way she's able to utilize the Force, I think is going to go a long way for her. So in a way, she's almost like as she gets older and as the you know, the timeline kind of progresses. Like, I can see her really becoming almost like a female Yoda or Maz Kanata in a way. Like, just super duper wise, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I can see that. At some point, she's going to get too old to be jumping around chopping off heads if they keep her around but that just, long. Just having the key and access to the world between worlds, like, which I'm pretty sure is, it's pretty clear that's where they're going with that, right? Like, when Ahsoka's walking into the one at the end of the Twilight of the Apprentice, or the uh, sorry, the the twelve tops uh, cards that Floney had drawn, mm-hmm. like they're wolves, right? So it's almost as if the wolves had followed her to Malakor. Yeah, possibly. So she'll you, figure you know it out. how she she says like I'm no Jedi. I, I almost feel like she is more Jedi than almost anybody. Like she's she's saying she's you. saying I'm no Jedi based on her experience with the Jedi, which were the prequel Jedi, which as we know were completely lost, completely lost as as a group. So yeah, I feel I like she she's even though she renounced the name, she's more Jedi than than almost anybody we've we've seen. You know what that is? That's technically, in a way, that's Luke's third lesson, the one they got the, taken out of the film the one with the caretakers. Like, it's kind of, he was just like telling Ray, like, look how you just acted. You just did what you felt was right. You didn't care if it was a Jedi or Sith, or you didn't have these, these things, these rules and embargoes in your head. Like you just reacted to what you felt was right. And I think Ahsoka's kind of come to that realization in a way. Yeah, sure. I'll buy that. All right. Carlos. Your number two moment. It's getting serious number, now. Yeah, number two is uh, Ray and Kylo in Snoke's throne room taking on the Praetorian Guard. Just, uh Every time I see that, I just... I wish it was longer. And I wish there was more Praetorian Guard. And, yeah, just uh, epic again. And again, beautifully shot, ever, right? Oh, yeah. You ever seen it to uh, choreograph the immigrant song? I didn't, but I want to now. Thanks for it's that. Awesome, dude. There was like, there were like quite a few of them that people had spliced together with different beats that uh, they really work quite well. It is funny that now I can't, I can't unsee it. I never saw it until it was pointed out on uh, Hollywood Babylon. And I think I actually I saw it before that, but it's the Praetorian Guard with two knives, and then suddenly. He's only got one knife. And it's it's obvious why they edited that one out. It's because he'd easily stab her in, stab her in the back. It's the guy that kind of grabs her around back of the neck and almost has her in a, in a reverse headlock. 
and he he had two. Do you, have you guys seen this? Mm, no. Oh boy, Corey, have you seen this? Seen seen what? <laughs> the the Praetorian Guard that has two. The guy with like the two short knives. Mm-hmm. He's battling her, and he grabs her by the neck. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. So you okay? But before he does that, you see him with two. Uh, you see him with two knives in his hands, and then when he grabs him like by Dryden the back, Voss, almost like those two things that Dryden Voss Yeah, had. yeah, you've mentioned that before. Have you seen that yet? Yeah. Like it's, I I can't unsee that. Every time I'm I watch the movie now, I go, oh, it's one of those weird, funny things that happens a lot in Star Wars, like banging your head on the door as a stormtrooper. But like, oh boy, I I feel like in 2018 or 2016, whenever you made that. That could have you could have done something else. You know that I, I have to agree with Carlos in the sense that 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 made my honorable mentions. Yeah, that scene, just for the sheer fact of like I've seen it like I don't know three four times. There's there's a few moves in that scene. Like overall, it comes off so good. It's so well done. I, I can't get down on it, you know. But at the same time, like I, I feel like there, a lot of it, I can sense that it's choreographed a lot. You know, like it could have been faster. <laughs> I don't know. There could have been something a little more about it, but um, a little, yeah, little fast, fast. fast, a little faster, more intense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, Carlos, do do you include Snoke's death as a part of that scene, or are you just talking about the fight? Oh yeah. Well, no, I I, I do because it starts with the lightsaber going through him and then being caught by Ray. Right. That's the cataclysm. Yeah. Yeah, so it, start, it starts from there, but it's not about Snoke's death. It's the actual f- the fight against the uh, against the guards and them going back to back. Like I, I just I love that a little bit of that slow motion stuff. It's a lot of stuff we don't normally see in Star Wars. Like it's yeah, it's a know? lot of those things that Ryan Johnson did that like it, it's it's a double edged sword again. It's you know the, the things that he did that we don't see in Star Wars. In that case, I loved it with that with the the slow down frame rate and then it speeds back up to regular. I yeah, like the that, slow that down I thought worked. But other even things, the fla- like the flashbacks, we never really get those in Star Wars. Yeah. So so yeah, there was a lot of that. I understand why you know you know the crybabies were crying, but like whatever. Um, it it, it really it was well done. And especially in that scene, it was uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it's it's an honorable mention for me as again, um, but it, it, for me it includes Snoke's death because raise your hand if you saw that coming. Corey, put your hand yeah, down. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. Like nobody saw that coming, and it's because we were so trained to see things through the eyes of the OT that well, of course, Snoke's going to be in part three or episode nine and. He's going to have a big face-off with either Ray or Lou, whatever. We just did not see that coming at all. And I love Ryan Johnson for doing that. And I don't care that we don't get a backstory. Who cares about Snoke? He's not important. It's it's what he means to Kylo and what killing him means to Kylo. Um, I, I And at that moment where Kylo and Ray are just looking at each other and you're going, did was she right? Did, did he turn? Has, has Ben Solo come back? And then they go back to back. They fight. And you don't know, is is he a good guy? What's the deal here? Until the fight's over and she's like, Oh, turn on tell the fleet to stop firing. And he's like, Nah, let's just let's just continue to burn it all down. You know that he hasn't come back. He's just he got fed up of being bullied around by this guy. 
which I love. I love, love, love. Perfect scene. Uh, is it, we're back at me now? Yes, sir. Uh, I just want to touch back on that scene one last time. I love the way that Snoke's <laughs> interpreting Kylo as well. Like, his hatred and his jealousy, or whatever it is. Like, all these, the anger, the hatred. Like, it's about Snoke, but he's thinking, or like, trying to manipulate Kylo to it being Ray, and he thinks it's working. He's like, yes, you'll twist the saber, or whatever it is, you know? And I can't be beaten, I can't be betrayed. Yeah, it's so good. I, I I truly enjoy that scene so much. I I love that it. I don't I don't want to use the subvert expectations thing, but I love that it cleans the slate. That's a big piece of the slate cleaning. That now episode nine is is wide open. Exactly. It's that's what's so good. Like to me, also like you. I love the way you said it, Kyle. Like we're so trained in that. Like the OT style, and for sure, all everyone thought Snoke was going on, but when that happened, my jaw hit the floor for sure. Well, I, I think a lot of us are still having this this dissonance where ah, he Snoke was force projecting himself too. Like he's not dead; he'll be back in nine. No, he's dead. <laughs> he, yeah, he's, he's clearly like smoking and shit. Like he's dead, absolutely dead. Um. Yeah, okay, so back to me. My number two, Luke takes on the First Order. I, I, mm. the part that I'm, this is probably the part of the movie that I'm most grateful for. Because prior to the movie, I thought we were going to see, not, I don't want to say Warlord Luke, but I thought we were going to see Luke using his full on Jedi powers in the flesh. I was convinced of that. And again, I, re- I read Legends of Luke, and I was like, wait, this is a very different Luke. Like, this is weird. This has got to be the guy, somewhat, that we're going to see in The Last Jedi. How is this all going to work? And then we see that we see what turned out to be Just for Men Luke walking through the cave. And we're all scratching our heads. <laughs> just for Men Luke. I, don't get o- I can't get over that. <laughs> I had that written down as well. But, like, I, I love the fact that in one, in one move, he does what he says he couldn't do on his terms and he saves everyone, including his sister, restores the legacy of Jedi. Like those things all in one fell swoop. No, but he doesn't, man, because he, he never really left the island, man. Nah. He abandoned, man. <laughs> this, this, is what, this is what makes the moment so poignant for me is one of, one of the great... Things I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but one of the great things in sports, and I, I like to do sports analogies, is when a, a player, a legendary player, can call his own shot and say, "I'm this, I'm like they're still kind of in their prime. They're older, they're aging, they're in their late 30s or even early 40s, and that that player is still good. You still recognize that player as the quality player from his youth, but that player can go, now I'm done. I'm calling my own shot. I'm not going to wash out of the, the high league." Note. Yeah, kind of. Like leave That's with it. your I'm out. <laughs> Good night. But you know what I mean, right? Like when you can say I I'm I'm leaving with my dignity intact. Oh yeah, you don't want to be known as that uh, you know, oh, those the latter years of his career were quite a sham. Exactly. And I I love that Ryan Johnson gave that to Luke. He let Luke go out on his own terms. So he wrapped Luke's story up. He brought him back from this depression or exile or whatever it was. 
in this grand way where he saves everybody. He that, that is the most Jedi thing any we've ever seen anybody do. Where he saves people without killing anyone. Like you can't like that that's Jedi. I'm sorry. That is straight out of the OT Jedi teachings. And you know all these all, all the fans that are really upset with Luke, he should have been on crate. He should have been there fighting Kylo. <sighs> It would have been cool to see. I'm not going to disagree with that. But what we got instead is way, way more true to Yoda's teachings to Luke in an Empire. I don't even think you can argue with that. I think that's pretty objective as an observation. I don't know. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Definitely in line with the teachings of Yoda. Like, I was thinking the same thing. Okay, I mean, I, I don't want to make this like an echo chamber, but... I, it seems clear to me that Ryan honored the OT, and it's it's it kind of blows my mind a little bit all this dissonance over Luke that ah, you disrespected Luke and blah blah blah. First of all, it's it's the problem goes back to JJ. JJ put him on the island, and George put him on the island. It's it's George's work that they kind of base that off of a little bit. The problems start there, and we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to get not back a problem, into it. Problem though. Well, the problem if you don't like it. That's where the problem starts. You don't need to blame Ryan Johnson. You need to ask JJ and George, why did you do this to Luke? Um, yeah, but I, I, I just I love the whole thing. I love that because we would have freaked out. People would have freaked out if if Luke shows up on on crate and either gets blown to smithereens by ATM sixes, and you're like, what? That's how you killed Luke? Thanks a lot, Ryan Johnson. And that would have been fair. Or if Kylo stabs Luke through the chest in this episode. We're going to go, okay, let me get this straight. This emo punk has killed Han, and now he's killed Luke? This punk has killed my two childhood heroes? Thanks, Ryan Johnson. And that would have been fair. Like, in the span of three days, Kylo's taken out these two guys. Instead, Ryan goes, here you go, Luke. You get to call your own shot. And that's what he does. And you get the binary sunset again. Beautiful. This could argue. I'm I'm talking my way into putting this into my number one spot. <laughs> um, I, let me just beat you to the punch there, Kyle, and just say that that is my number one for all the reasons you just said. The fact that he comes back in such an amazing way, like I had the same thing just for men, Luke. Let's even loop hold it a bit here and expand the scene to the Leia reunion. Like that, that that's like right before that. So throw that in there because it's just so poignant. And the fact, like, when you got all those ATM sixes bearing down on him and just pummeling him, man, you're like, oh, what's going on? He's going to pull through. You know he's going to pull through in the theater. More. Listen, you know? More. Yes. Yeah, man. Oh, it's so good. I feel it every time. Ah, I just feel it. Even right now, man. Like, he's just standing there. It's almost like he almost pulled a Neo or something. He's like. With all that going on, you you know in your head something's going on. Like there's something you know that's not right because it's not the same Luke that you just saw. So what did he do? So after it's all said and done, you know, and he like Kyle said, he saves everybody. He he gives respect back to the Jedi. He allows the rebellion to to continue to grow. And not only that, like he's he is that spark. Like you see that kid playing. With the toy, like, I'm Luke Skywalker. It's obviously, like, some kind of uh, time has passed at that point. 
and his legend has spread and his heroics have spread. So like you said, Kyle, he, he just knocked down everything in one fell swoop on his own terms. Like he just came down, like came back and like ticked all the boxes kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so it's just, I think we also have to be aware that that type of action really is, 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 you know, theatrically speaking, as a viewer of Star Wars and you want lightsaber battles, what Luke did, you can't do often. Like, we, if we go back in time at some point, like if Ryan Johnson's doing old stuff, I don't know that you can have Jedi being non-violent. Like, we, we, as, let's be honest, as viewers, we want to see the Jedi taking people out. The old, the, the old-fashioned way, right? The prequel way with lightsabers. Yeah, I, I don't, pretty I don't, much. I, we do want to see that. So this type of thing has to be only like dusted off very seldomly and it's got to be used with characters like Luke. Well, just, there's, there's so many things about that scene though. When you really think of everything, like the fact that he doesn't even use his lightsaber, like it's, ah, it's, it's just so perfect, man. Like to bring him back into the fold. Well, and the way it screws with us as well, right? Like the, the no footprint thing. And why is Luke holding the lightsaber that just got snapped in half? And that, yep. like, we're so flummoxed watching this that none of us, the first viewing, pick it up. Nobody. Well, the first view, you, you realize once you see it, you know, when you see him floating there on Act 2 or Act 2, whatever, I don't know what we're calling it anymore. But that, that again, like you said, Carl, the, the binary sunset, still a part of that scene, like just extend that scene, the binary sunset with him meditating and floating there, the power the gravitas of his force ability and him like he must be a little rusty too but that he busted it out hardcore and like when i saw him floating there i was like yes man like that was almost like a jump out of your scene moment and then he you see him become one with the force and you're just like oh like it, like i was asking myself like is it happening is it happening oh it's happening like you just see his cloak just like float back to the rock like He's gone. Oh my God. I can't believe it. I, I, I can't even put into it. words my reaction when I saw Luke fade. I, I don't even know how to describe how I reacted. It wasn't like, God damn you, Johnson. It was, I don't know. It was, it, 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 it was, was amazement. It was kind of like That's this, this, I, I guess to quote Ray, it was like a, 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 a peace and purpose. Like I got it. Like, this, this, for me, it made so much sense. And I was just like, yes. Like, I just kind of like relaxed. Like, there I goes. I couldn't Luke. believe it was happening. Like, it was like, like this, like in my head, I was like, this is perfect. Like, I could, I did not see it coming. This is the, the unexpected thing I wanted, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, because I was convinced Luke was going into nine. For sure, for sure, for sure. There was no doubt oh. in my mind Luke was going into nine. And we would probably Especially with the events of uh, Carrie Fisher as well. Or, like we said that so many times, like, oh yeah, there, there's no way they're gonna throw it to poster boy now. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah. But anyway, I think the the big thing is the way Luke restores the Jedi. I think there's potential there. Again, for Ryan Johnson to pick that up. If if his trilogy goes ahead in time instead of back, like Luke is going to be the foundation upon which the new Jedi order is built. I mean, Ray's going to carry the torch, but Luke is going to be like the guy. There's going to be statues of Luke Skywalker. And that could be something that we see in Ryan Johnson's stuff. Like 
and we'll see Luke Skywalker's face and his fingerprints all over the saga, even if he's not in it. But like pe- people who dislike Luke in, in The Last Jedi, who wanted him to be the godlike warrior. You can you should appreciate this because he's going to assume the role of some kind of Jedi-like deity for the next generation of, of Jedi, for sure. No doubt in my mind. Anything else on this scene? And you guys? This is so well done. The, the visuals, that that the, the standoff, the Luke's moves. Like, it's just, it's a masterpiece of a scene, man. Like, from the beginning, like, think of that. Like, the beginning, meeting Leia, the dice, walking out to Kylo. Like, oh, like, like you said, the dust, the just for men thing, like, the different look. Like, everything that's thrown us off our guard, like, just what is going on? What is going on? Like, I, I can't stress how much I love what they did with I, with him, you know? Like, I, like I didn't, I'm just, I'm so glad they, they didn't treat it fan service Like, I, I again, like they, before they the movie, I wanted them the to. Green. No, they didn't. But I thought they were going to. I was convinced that they yeah, were going I think to. Everyone did. Yeah. And I'm... I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they they went creative and did something like what like what we got. It makes me appreciate the movie so much more. Anyway, I think I think in years to come, people will really come to appreciate that. I hope so. Anyway, because for me, it's just it's such a fitting end to this grand hero, maybe the greatest hero of my youth. Anyway, all right. Uh, so, Corey, that was your number one? Yeah, I guess. I'm going to have to give it to that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, whatever. After all that. After all that. <laughs> it's yeah, I, oh, I guess. It's, it's hard <laughs> to choose, but that that's definitely, it's got a lot of gravitas behind it. Hard to surpass. It is It is tough to surpass. That is for sure. And I, I, I think, like, last thing on this, I just, I love that he says, I will not be the last Jedi. And I mm. love that. I love it's the, the way he says everything amazing. Everything you just said is wrong. Yeah, man. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. I love that. Oh, come on, pumps, man. Just pumps me up so much that scene. Like, I'm like squeezing my fist right now. Like, <sighs> yeah, and he, he's he's so certain of it too. I will not be the last Jedi. And we cut to Ray. Ta-da! Like, hello. How are we not jumping up and down in our seats? It was it's so well done. Anyway. Carlos, your number one moment. Okay, so I I'd like for you to guess what it is. Try guess. Three PO's red arm. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Go next. Kyle, give it a shot. Oh boy. Give me the movie. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. That's that's not fair. Um, <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna go Rogue One. Oh boy! Go with the Krennic scene. He's a sucker for Krennic. Loves his magic. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull something. I'm gonna. I'm looking at my my uh, honorable mention list. I'm gonna go with the Vader Krennic scene. On, on at Vader's Mustafar castle. No, it did, that it didn't even make my honorary mention. Oh, list. I, what a bust! Uh, so not how the course works. 
Corey was very close with the CPO, ah. uh, C3PO red arm. It was right before that. Uh, oh, is it Poe taking out the ships? Poe da- yeah, Damn Poe it. Dameron's dogfight on Takadana. Yeah, that was that for me is my number one new Star Wars era moment. Just seeing an X-Wing do something we've never seen an X-Wing do. Uh, like handbraking in the air. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. That that scene made me. That that's why Poe pulls my boy because be, just because of that scene. You talking about the dreadnought scene, or are you talking about the scene in Force Awakens? Force Awakens, I'll talk about that. Like, uh, nice. uh, right, yeah, when, yeah. Every right time before. I watch that scene, I try, I try my best to count. I think every time it's like nine it, tie fighters. Yeah, it's, no, it's like eleven or twelve. Yeah, that's it. I, I count the different number every time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why it pulls my boy for just from that scene. Uh, so. That's that's what that's my number one. That is a right fun there. scene. Oh yeah, and then Finn with the uh, that's one hell of a pilot. Yeah, like, that's yeah, that is really cool. the The dreadnought scene is not far off from that. No, not bad at all. But we we had seen it previously, right? So it's like you kind of expected to see it again. Whereas when you see it in the Force Awakens, it's kind of it's more transcendent. Yes. As opposed, yeah. Yeah, that's a no. That's a, that's a good. I mean, that's a very short moment, but it's it's a really fun one. Oh yeah, definitely. No, but it takes Star Wars into like the new millennium. It's it really, uh, you know, we we don't we haven't seen ships do that. You know, you saw a little bit of like Anakin and in, in uh, Episode Three, a little bit at the beginning, like you know, some fancy flying. But uh, Poe uh, brought it uh, to a whole new level. Now, I wonder how this that type of scene plays out in Ryan Johnson stuff, in Game of Thrones guys stuff, in a new era of Star Wars, where it's it's not a character we know, and he's not flying a ship that we know. Well, hopefully we get some of that in Resistance. Oh, I'm sure we will. But what I'm saying is like a good chance for for them to unveil a new ship, like kind of like the B-Wing was unveiled in Rebels, but it was already like known to us. If they can be like, this is the new ship, like just build it up and, you know, then they can market it like that kind of. Yeah, maybe. But I just wonder how we're going to look at something that is not it's not an X-Wing and it's not a pilot that we've seen before. We just we don't know these people and we don't know what they're up to. I wonder how all that new stuff is going to play out stuff we talked about last week or a couple weeks ago. Well, we're kind of used to it too. Like think of the, the prequel trilogy, you know, like you see the, the advents of fighters like the X wing and, and the tie fighter, like very similar designs. Uh, I was, I kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but also we, we, we were very familiar with a lot of the characters flying those ships, whether it's Anakin or Obi-Wan. And we we kind of talking vehicle wise, you know, like the dome cockpits and yeah, yeah. But I think the new stuff that we're going to get is not going to have any of the, these hallmarks. Be it'll be new, like everything's new, all new, says Ron Bergman. And I, I take that to also mean ship designs, and we're finally going to break away from the look and feel of of this era of Star Wars. Yeah, give me a Firefly fly class ship. Want to edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're missing, man. Ugh. 
Mm-hmm. All right, my t- my number one moment. It's funny, Carlos, because the movie that is sliding down our list both has our number one moments. I know, and I had two in my top four from from The Force Awakens. Yeah, this is. I had two from The Last Jedi, one from Rebels, and my top moment is from TFA. You guys want you guys want to take a stab at it? Uh, hmm. hmm. Tough to say. Uh, the Falcon Reunion. That was a good one. I'll wait for Carlos to answer. I was going to say uh, BB-8 flashing the lighter. To, uh... <laughs> That's it. That's my favorite moment. In... <laughs> <laughs> it's in my honorary mentions. It, it's, like it's a, it's a, that got a huge laugh in the theater. Yeah. Big thumbs up, man. Uh, no, it's when Ray gets the saber. Ray calls the saber to her. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. That's um, in my Iconic. honorary mentions. In my <laughs> honorary mentions, uh, I have uh, both my uh, my older boys, Miguel and James, uh, who uh, gave me their uh, top Star Wars moment uh, from uh, the new era. And Miguel's was the Star Killer base uh, Ray versus Kylo fight. So that's the precipice, right, of of that fight. That's, or that's where it kicks off, yeah. That's where it kicks off. So yeah, so uh, my uh, my little guy, uh, well, my big boy actually, you know, he's eleven. Uh, that's his. Uh, that's his number one. So there you go. It's, and I, actually, I, James, I, I love the moment. It's so good. Oh yeah, and actually, James has his his moments also from the Force Awakens. Uh, and it's when FN two one eight seven breaks Poe out, and they steal a Tie Fighter, and Finn gets his name. Nice. So good yeah. pull. So yeah, yeah. So those are uh, those two are in my honorary mention list. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's a moment that works so well. Like it's it's you know, Ray's out cold to that point, and now Finn's out cold, and there's nothing left for Kylo to do except take what he wants, but he can't because he sucks. And <laughs> <laughs> again, like I keep ragging on the guy. The saber flies right past his face and he ducks out of the way. Get in front of it like a shortstop, dude. <laughs> the, the force pushed him out of the way. No, he ducks back. He like limbos out of the way, dummy. Like, not you, Corey. You know, I know. But it's like, dude, it was right there for you. It, it, it passed right through your breadbasket and you moved. Like, I'm, I'm teaching my seven-year-old softball right now and I'm trying to teach her to go to the ball. Don't run away from it. Like somebody, like somebody needed to teach Ben Solo how to play ball. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, don't be afraid of the ball. Don't and there you go. That's that's Hans' failure as a father. There you go. You didn't teach him. You didn't. Yeah. Didn't teach him how to catch. You didn't teach him the fundamentals of the game. The game of life. Fools. Yeah. I always tell. I always tell my boys whenever we're playing, like, don't just stand there and wait for the ball to come to you. If you have to take a couple of steps forward to get it in the right position to catch it, then move forward. Go get it. Be hungry. Want yeah. that saber, Kylo? He's been talking all that. It belongs to me. That saber belongs to me. <laughs> it's almost as like he's in like shock or something. Like, wait a minute, I'm not even. Co- Whoa! It's coming in too fast. Ah! And he just a duck out of the way. Like, like he kind of admits like it's not even. From, it wants her. <sighs> and just like when it finally gets to her, and it's it's the burning homestead music, and she's standing there holding it like. 
the thing that possesses her to reach out for the saber from 30 feet away. Like all this is going through my head going, oh, this is incredible. Like, and she, she's standing there holding it and she can't believe that she's holding it. And she's looking at Kylo that now I'm going to have to fight this guy. And she, you could see the terror on her face. She's scared, but she, you know, she lights it up and she goes after him anyway. It's just such a great, great moment. And, and as somebody with a little girl to see her light up when Ray gets that saber, to see my daughter so happy to see the girl take the saber and take it to this emo punk. That's gratifying for me as a dad and as a, as a huge star Wars fan. And I mean, that is something that, uh, difficult to explain if, if, uh, if you don't have a daughter, I think, but for me, that's, it's, it's my top moment in this saga. Uh, can I even say it's the top moment in the saga? Probably not, but certainly of the four, like I started, I started with this moment and worked backwards. Like there was no question for me that this was, this was number one. And there we have it. Killer. Yeah. I have a couple of uh, honorary mentions. I just want to bang out that I have left. Uh, I have the uh, battle of Scarif. Mm -hmm. uh, With, uh, we've spoken about it in the past couple of weeks with the, uh, the master switch. Uh, the music that 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 whole part is where you have like uh, them on the beach and you have, have Jin and and, and uh, Cassian trying to climb uh, the tower to get to the uh, the comms tower. The there pacing, the, the pacing the, is the, so good. Yeah. It, yeah, it's really really well done. Uh, you have uh, Han meeting Chewie in the in the pit. Yep. Uh, uh, Lando and Han, I hate, I hate you. I know. That's, <laughs> that's solo didn't make my didn't make my my list, but uh, those two moments are are really good. And finally, I have uh, Galen's message to Jin, the hologram, oh. and the, the oh. destruction of Jedha. Like I'm that, crying that, there with you, Jin. Yeah, that whole that whole thing. My stardust. Save the rebellion. Save the dream. Yeah, that whole part. That was uh, there's that, some good moments. That's man. a really. Good, I, good I gotta watch moments. that movie again. It's it's it's. I gotta say, it's been over a year since I've seen Rogue One. Oh no, it's so good, man. It's good. It's so good. Yeah, yeah and boys like like Carlos. I know Carlos likes it a lot, and Matt Keegan super big on it. Like, it says a lot. Yeah, it's it's. I'm not crazy. I think what stops me from watching it more is like the first half hour to 40 minutes or so. Like it just, it, until they get to, uh, Edu and then back to the rebel base, it kind of bores me. Not, I don't say bores me, but yeah, do Kyle. It's, it's sort of, it kind of jumps around in a way that is a little bit, in a way I can't describe. It's just, it doesn't sit super well with me, but the last 45 minutes to an hour is just unbelievable. It's just so good. And um, there's an honorable mention that I've got that uh, for me, like Battle of Scarif as a whole, the space battle specifically, I think it's the best space battle in all of Star Wars. Mm. But just the blinking, you miss it. Yeah, when the ghost jumps out of hyperspace at the beginning of the fight, my my, like my brains almost blew out of my ears in that moment. It was just so cool to see that ship there. It's a three pronged attack, right? Like the like all great star wars battles like in return of the jedi and 
Yeah, battle being fought on on yeah, on three fronts, right? So it's like, yeah, it's just so it's really really good. Mm-hmm. Corey, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? And 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 try oh, to keep sure. it to within like four dozen. Yeah, also, uh, I said Falcon reunion, Leia Han reunion, Kylo and Han. That was pretty heavy. It's uh, true. Ray's light supervision. Didn't get Han and Kylo didn't get any any mention at all until now. Yeah, yeah, we gotta give that some love. I like three PO just for you know a small scene just because he just not only did he stay true to his character, like he just knocked it out of the park and like just a few words like like I'm three PO like. Y'all know me, like... Y'all know I me. <laughs> I thought it was so perfect. Throne room. Uh, that's not how the Force works. R2 and Luke. Okay, that's enough. You, you got enough. Maul Kenobi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with... Um, yeah, Luke and R2. I'll double up there. Just to see Luke just happy for just a microsecond. That's worth it. Yeah, you get you get a bit of OT Luke there. Yeah, just uh, the tiniest sliver of the old Luke, and again, Mark Hamill just knocks the Last Jedi out of the park. Every every moment he's in is just so good. Um, I'm giving I'm gonna go give some love to the Holdo maneuver. Nice. Yeah. And I gotta thank Carrie for this one. I can't believe I left this out uh, when we talked about our favorite moments from Solo. Uh, when when Chewie takes the co-pilot seat. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta divert all power to the rear rear shields. We definitely do. And Shakira's just staring <laughs> at the controls, like no idea what, what she needs to do. And, and then he just jumps up and he starts doing it, yeah. flipping all the switches. And since when do you know how to fly? That that moment. And then Chewie takes the seat, and it's it's yeah. You know, rest is history. There's our dynamic. I like Donkey Kong. Yeah. And and again, like I, I'm a junkie, but the music in the background is, as always, underpinning everything. And then Carlos to, uh, to double up from way back when we started the Vader rampage. That's that's my my list. I mean, I mean you guys all rattled off great moments anyway. But I, I wonder if somebody has a moment that we did not mention at all, like whether on our list or in our honorable mentions. Is there anything that? Is on your list out there, dear listener, that uh, we did not touch on. I'd love to hear that. So would I, because we pretty much used the last hour and 40 minutes <laughs> to talk about it. We, yeah. yeah, we, we, yeah, we dragged these movies through, through the, uh, over the coals here. But there could be something left, something left. And just no, think, think about the volume of cool moments we've spoken about here. Cool, funny, epic, whatever you want to call it. There's there's a lot of cool stuff going on in Star Wars right now. All right, guys, that's that's it. That's us done for episode 133. I liked it. it well was, done. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I'm glad I got to make the call. Honestly, um, I apologize if it doesn't really sound that good, but uh, it is what it is, man. I, I could not miss out. <laughs> I don't care about your standards, man. I had to be on the call. <laughs> yeah. No, but and uh, notice Michelle, he doesn't I refute think it's that. All for the better. I just want to wish uh, Michelle a good um, uh, convalescence. Uh, Absolutely. She had a, I believe. Yeah, she had a. I believe a medical. Um, there was a, there was a uh, thing there intervention. Yeah. So uh, get well soon, Michelle, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you again very very soon. 
Absolutely. You might hear Michelle this week on As We Do Journals of the Willing. I'll be back with Elaine. We'll be breaking down some news in the comic book world and uh, the book the book front and uh, looking forward to that. Um, what else we got here? So yeah, I got again, I got to say thanks to Rob Wade, the Admiral over at uh, Talk Star Wars for sharing this episode on his Emotionally14.com website. And also, again, check out the Crazy Train podcast if you like laughter. And uh, he'll, he'll definitely... Uh, make you happy there and uh congrats neil lowry right i was gonna i was gonna actually make that a game for Corey. oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh well so yeah neil lowry won uh the uh the ray uh the island training ray is that what it's called the island uh... absolutely yeah oh beauty yeah i'm very happy for neil very very happy which which neil. version island journey you saw the picture? Six, six inch or three inch? I didn't see a picture. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I'll send you a picture after, Corey, but it's a three and three quarter from the vintage collection, and it's an exclusive. Oh, yes, I did see that. That's oh, amazing. Oh, gee, there you go. You know what? I have to say, though, the, the card back on that being The Last Jedi, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, The Last Jedi should be more like, I don't know, it should have been a little more epic, but either way, awesome figure. It's a really cool figure. And it being an exclusive doesn't hurt at all. All right, guys, don't forget, you can check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth. Go check out StarWarsCommonwealth.com or look it up on iTunes. Do you think I can rattle off all nine shows? Eight minus us? Can I do, do it? it? Definitely. Do it. Talk Star Wars, Gen X-Wing, The Nerd Room, Rogue Squadron Podcast, the Skyhoppers, Less Than 12 Parsecs, Tatooine Sons, San Diego Sabres, is that everybody? Yeah, and Tumbling Saber makes now. And that makes sense. There you go. Great shows, one and all. Everybody's doing something a little bit different. And I, I got to say, we I think we've got a pretty good little network up and running here. I really like everybody's material. And so will you. So go check it out at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. And that's it. So at the aforementioned Journals of the Willing makes its return this week. Looking forward to that. And if you want to hear it as we drop it, go check out our Patreon campaign. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars a month. You'll get that podcast. You'll get the exclusive. That means nobody else gets it. Sith Disturbers podcast. And uh, you'll also be invited to take part in Worthy of Recognition. Saber Rattling. That's also featuring you as a powerful friend. And it also puts you into the uh, into the contest. Or contests and prize draws like Neil won this week. And if that's not in the cards for you, then... Just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Those We love to read those. It makes us feel good about ourselves. And uh, it may or may not actually help the show, but it certainly makes us feel good to get a nice positive review once in a while. So, so go do that. And uh, that's it, guys. Where can people find you on Twitter as, as they wait for the next episode of the Tumbling Saber podcast? Take away, Carlos. You guys can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram. Search for me on Facebook, Carlos Candido. You can find my page. Uh, give it a like or uh, check out my music at uh, carloscandidomusic.com. Are you waiting for a cue, well, Corey? Yeah, I like, I like the cue. That was <laughs> nice. Well, Corey, where can we find you? Well, let, let me tell you, Carlos, I saw your little post not too long ago on Facebook. So let's say uh, this is. Chop rules with a Z E D signing off. <laughs> That's not bad. 
Z-E-E-D-E-E. My head. The worst. My head. I haven't been drinking and I feel like I'm hungover. <laughs> and you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Facebook. Our, our closed group is always jumping, so come check us out on Facebook. You can just knock on the door and I'll let you into the group, and it's a lot of fun in there. You can also find me on Twitter and on Instagram, again, at Tumbling Saber. And you can also find Michelle at all, all her places, but you can definitely look her up at tediously underscore brief on Twitter and on Instagram, and that will probably lead you to all, all her other ventures as well. So go check out Michelle. Tell her you missed her this week, because we certainly did. And uh, that's it. Thanks for listening to episode 133. Appreciate your time this week. And uh, we'll talk to you all again in episode 134. Struggle for the answers. Questions frighten me. Circles getting wider. It's harder just to see. Your 